Hello and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming you out there in listener land know everything there is to know about superstitions and penalty kicks. Today is August 15th. I am Rebecca. I am your uh, director of hockey operations of this podcast. I am going to try not to hiccup on the mic today. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and I am joined by Rachel. Hi, that's me. Uh, what do you yeah, like? so I'm I am your baseball and softball guru. I feel like I should have claimed that title a long time ago. Yeah, you really should have. It's true. Yeah. Are you also our t-ball guru? Oh yeah, I have never watched a t-ball game. What about Little League? Are you the Little League guru? Uh, actually, this week, yes. Very specifically, yes, I am. <laughs> but Little League is still baseball or softball, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. And uh, also joined by Nancy. Yep. That's me. Present and accounted for, mostly. <laughs> Do you claim a sport <laughs> this week? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm usually the uh, Baroness of Basketball, uh, but... Today, I'm going to go with Sultan of Soccer. Oh, uh, I like it. Nice. Thank you. I've been watching a lot of that. Unfortunately, it's all at like fucking two in the morning. Uh-huh. So my sleep schedule has been wrecked. Oh, you've been watching <laughs> it live. I have. Not every game, but like I, I have not set any alarms. But I have like let myself say that if I wake up in the middle of the night, which, you know, you do every sure. so often, or at least I do. And if I wake up and the game is on... I am allowed to put the game on on my phone in bed and then watch it. And I've done that a few times. Um, but then, of course, you know, it ends at like 5 a.m. And it's like, well, yeah. cool. I guess I'll go back to sleep for another hour and a half. <laughs> nice. Nice. See, for me at that point, I would just like flip my work schedule a little bit and start early. If I didn't have so many meetings, mm-hmm. yeah. I would. But I can't. Yeah. So Rude. I know. It's really it's rude when work doesn't work its way around your own schedule. I know. And it mostly does. I got to say, my job is honestly usually very flexible. But there's a point at which. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that, that no... point is a sports tournament on the other side of the planet, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's yeah, the Olympics. Yeah. Even then. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's good to see you. I feel like it's been a while. Uh, but maybe it's just because I was traveling and traveling for work is sometimes soul sucking. So that's true. And you guys live near each other. So you see each other all the time. That's true. Mm -hmm. We saw each other on Sunday. We had cake. We did. (gasps) Oh, it was very nice. What kind of cake? Cheesecake and uh, regular chocolate cake. Both very Mm -hmm. good. Both from Costco, but very good. No, listen, really tasty. Costco cake is very good. Yeah. Costco bakery is. Yeah. I am particularly yeah. fond of their breakfast cake, a.k.a. their muffins. <laughs> the muffins. Oh. <laughs> Which, like, so, I, you know, there's a certain line past which you have to stop pretending that the muffin you're eating is not essentially cake. <laughs> and co- it's not just a dessert. Yeah, Costco's muffins cross that line. Well, yeah, I, I figured there was at least a 50-50 shot that you were just going to say, it's their regular cake, I just eat it for breakfast. <laughs> No, it is actually shaped differently. Yeah. And okay. it does not technically have frosting. And it has chocolate chunks in it, so <laughs> the muffin does. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the sugar content is exactly the same, yeah. actually. Okay. I gotta say I, I was impressed a... with that cheesecake though. Now I haven't had cake. Costco cheesecake before. Sorry, Rebecca. Can I DoorDash cake? Is that a thing people do? Oh, I'm, I'm sure. sure that you can. Yes. 
Um, what good anyway. is technology if you cannot have a cake <laughs> delivered directly to you anywhere on the planet? That's a very good point, Rachel. Very good point. <laughs> um, all right. But anyway, on, on mm. to actual topic. Um, the Women's World Cup is wrapping up. Yeah, it is wrapping up. And I That's saw true. the sad news that the U.S. got knocked out. The U.S. did get knocked out. Uh, they got knocked out the earliest they have been knocked out. Um, and they got knocked out uh, in penalty kicks, which Oof, sucks. That does suck. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those where... And a, like, ump decided, a ref decided penalty kick, right? Uh, no. Uh, a VAR, so video review decided yeah. Okay, yeah, kick. but I mean, like... It wasn't, you know, a big grand thing. It was everybody was waiting right. for the verdict right. to come back. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. So it was um, Sweden. They were playing against Sweden in the round of 16. And um, also, I'm going to say up front, if I get any of these details wrong, it's because I was watching these games at 2.30 in the fucking right. morning. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> well, neither of, us is, for the record. neither of us knows better, so we'll take your word no, for it. No, we're not going to correct listening you. May. I appreciate that. Uh, so they were playing Sweden, and it was, um, I don't think any game had yet gone to penalty kicks. And then the U.S. versus Sweden, uh, because in the in the group round, you can have draws. Uh, but in the round of 16 mm-hmm. is when you stop being able to have a draw. And so U.S. versus Sweden. The U.S. actually, I think, and I believe the commentators agreed with me, played better than Sweden. And it was just neither side could buy a goal. Um, Ugh, and so, so it was a zero zero mm-hmm. draw. Yeah. And I got to say on to Sweden's credit, their goalkeeper is a beast. Um, but then it was a zero zero draw. It got out to penalty kicks. Um, the U S goalkeeper made a save, which is very hard to do on penalty kicks. Yes. Extremely, um, extremely hard. And she thought she had made a second one because the ball came in she hit it, it bounced off her gloves, but then as she was diving to hit it, to fully clear it, it rolled a millimeter across the oh. line. So in case you see these images online, the way it works in soccer is that as it, that the ball has to be fully over the line before it is a goal or before it's out of bounds, right? As long as any part of the ball is still over the line, that doesn't count. So like by a millimeter the ball crossed into the goal and they had to do video review of it. And they did oh. end up deciding that it was a goal, but it was like after she'd already gotten her hands on it, which was the worst part. It was like, she didn't miss it. She actually saved it. It just then like ricocheted. Oh. And That's heartbreaking. Yeah. This was also after the goalkeeper, the American goalkeeper, Alyssa Nair, who is fucking amazing. And I have such a crush. Um, got out and took a penalty kick which is very uncommon and absolutely murdered it <laughs> heard a, a, one of the commentators was talking about it and they were like first of all goalkeepers don't usually do this it's pretty uncommon for yeah. a goalkeeper to take a penalty kick because it you know it's like a whole different thing like you're supposed to be focusing on preventing things going in the net and then to let yeah, it's a totally different skill set yeah right um but she you know and like most goal kickers like penalty kickers they'll try and like fake you out or like hit a corner or like whatever Alyssa Nair fucking drilled that thing straight into the middle of the net and the commentators (laughs) were like as a goalkeeper that's especially like 
a statement because if the <laughs> if the other side's goalkeeper had not moved, which she did, she dove. Yeah, that would have hit her like straight in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it was cold blooded, man. It was impressive as hell. And then you know went got back in net and made what she thought was a save, yeah. and then got it taken. It it was oh. it was rough. I mean, it I feel rough. like I feel like there's. I mean, the whole of the whole thing, as I understand it, with penalty kicks is you're trying to fake out the goalie. So you look like you're going to yes, go one way yeah. and they're anticipating. Yes. And like, yes. there's basically no human reaction that's fast enough to actually do that. So pretty much she's she's uh, almost making a safe bet going straight down the center, knowing that the goaltender yeah. is going to go it's one way move. or another. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the goal, the goalie can read your body language up to a point sure and so that's that's the sort of part of it is like but i think there i think she was betting on the thought right you would not expect somebody to just fucking drill it straight ahead well and i also have to imagine like goalies probably study kickers to know Mm -hmm. like which kicker is gonna go which way but you're not studying the other goalie to know which way they're gonna kick you on a penalty kick because it's so 100%. unusual. Right. Yep. Yeah. And they even showed, I guess it's become fairly common for goalies to have like papers taped to their water bottle that'll have like info about penalty kickers. It'll oh. be like, this person tends to kick to the left. This person tends to kick to the right. I mean, smart. And so you'll see them between, you know, between penalty kicks taking, you know, looking at their cheat sheet, basically, which right. it's not cheating because it's not disallowed. But, you right. know, um, but yeah, there's no no info on how a listener does a penalty kick because <laughs> yeah. a listener doesn't do penalty kicks, you know. Wow. Yeah. So that was rough. That was that was unfortunate. And it it's interesting because that game was the game the US team had played best so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so really kind of a bummer for them to go out on that one. Um but it and it was also I don't know, it was complicated. I think, I think, you know, as a very casual soccer fan, I think it's actually a good sign in a way because what it means is that the rest of the world is catching up and that's good mm-hmm. for the game as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, used to be the USA could come in and we just had the best athletes and we had, you know, a f- some of the few athletes in the world who could actually make this their job. Even if it was a shit job and they were barely getting paid, mm-hmm. they could at least do it in ways that a lot of the other countries couldn't mm-hmm. at all. Right. Right. And now that's just not true. Um, And so I think it's actually a good sign of what is happening for the growth of the game, that there are so many other teams that can come and beat the U.S. It just sucks for the U.S. players and fans. Sure. Yeah. And so I listened to a little bit of a a podcast about the um, with Meg Linehan, the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love her. Yeah. Um, Full time with Meg Linehan. Yeah. And there was something that they alluded to a couple of times. I don't know if you know anything about this, but like made it sound like as the NWSL has kind of increased in popularity that that's been harder on the um the women's national team and I don't know if yeah I don't I I have heard them talk about that too and I don't really fully understand what they're alluding to there because those teams are not in competition with each other no, they're mm-hmm. not. Um, I think the difference, at least one of the things I've heard them talk about, is that um, the U.S. has a specific style of play in its mm-hmm. league. 
And now other countries' leagues, like there's the European League, mm-hmm. there's the mm-hmm. British League, are starting to have more sophisticated styles of play in their leagues. Mm-hmm. And so all these NWSL players maybe are not used to having to combat these kinds of tactics that these other teams are using because they don't encounter that. Okay. Um, so that's that's my best guess. I have heard that as a criticism, but I don't know if that's the full story there. Um, one of the cool things was that the NWSL, I think, had players on something like, I think it was literally half of the teams at the World Cup, which is really a neat thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe more than half. So so that's fun. I mean, the, the NWSL is still good enough. It's definitely attracting foreign players to come and play with us. That's good. That's yeah. That's good to hear. So... So that was good. We have now progressed. We went through the round of 16 and we've made it through the quarterfinals and one of the semifinal games has happened. So last night was, um, or early this morning, I suppose, was Sweden versus Spain. Um, it was an exciting game. It was tied 0-0 until after the 80th minute, at which point three goals were scored within <laughs> about seven minutes oh and then the God. game ended in, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Spain progressed, which I was a little sad about. I like the Swedish team better. Um, but what can you do? And Spain's got some complications that are really interesting. And oh, yeah. It's got... Mm-hmm. I heard something about they, they don't like their coach, or they... Their coach is awful. Yeah. Yeah. So he is intensely, personally disliked by the majority of the Spanish players wow. in the Spanish uh, league. And so there's a lot of people you know online talking about conflicting feelings of like they're rooting for the spanish team in the sense of like these poor players are put up with so much shit Mm -hmm. and it's great if they can succeed in spite of it but they're really worried about if spain continues to perform well that it will validate what this guy has been doing and then that will hurt the player's ability to get rid of him right but if you want to see some real funny gifs, look up the post-Spain win celebrations because nobody will high-five him, nobody Whoa. will hug him, nobody will, like, fist bump him. Like, <laughs> he, I mean, fully denied on the sidelines. Like, there was gifs today of, after this morning's game, you know, some play some player is walking off the field and he, like, holds out a hand and she literally, like, knocks it away. Oh so, like... They're, they're being very clear about their feelings. <laughs> Good for them. But yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, so one of the funny things about the Spanish team, so I was thinking about this. You know how we've talked about uh, some hockey players, some sports guys generally, but I feel like it's a hockey player <laughs> problem especially. Just to have punchable faces oh yes you know? oh like, extremely i'm sure they're lovely humans it has nothing to do with who they as a person or a player but i can i can pretend at least i assume that they're lovely but some of them they just you look yes. at their face and you're like you just need to be clocked but yes yep. i used to think that the f- kick in the face exactly yeah i used to think that maybe the female equivalent of this was resting bitch face but i've changed my mind mm. i think it is instead resting whiny face because there are a few players I've noticed, and the Spanish goalkeeper is one of them. And again, let me be very clear. I'm sure she's a lovely person. This is not personal to her right. at all. This is just her face. She's 19. She's still got, like, kind of a very childish face. And she protests a lot. So she, like, often has this expression of, like, 
outrage. And she just looks like exactly like the eight-year-old at the birthday party that did not get the present that she wanted. So Sidney Crosby. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I just had, I I was watching this pain game and I had to keep reminding myself, like, this woman is an adult professional play, like, Mm -hmm. athlete, like. She is, you know, calm down, Nancy. Exactly. It's like, this is not a child. This is an adult. She is doing this. She's getting paid to do her job. And then, of course, they win. And I was just like, oh, okay. All right. All right. So, so who's left now? Spain. And then tonight we have the game between Australia and England to determine Mm -hmm. who will go up against Spain. So, Australia is kicking ass and taking names. This is the furthest they've ever gone in a World Cup. Oh, nice. And they are doing it uh, with their star player, Sam Kerr, coming off the bench. So oh, Cousin that's Sam. Been real good. Cousin <laughs> Sam coming off the bench. So the most recent game, speaking of penalty kicks, that Australia played, which was... Uh, Wasn't it France? France, yes. Uh, had the most penalty kicks... In any World Cup game, men's or women's, 20 kicks, 10 on each <laughs> side, in order to win. How long what? did that yeah. take, start to finish, all the like penalty a kicks? fucking, like, 25 minutes or something. It was absurd. Yeah. This was the game where it, like, I told myself, I think it started at 2. I was like, well, if I wake up, I wake up. I woke up at, like, 2.40. I was like, oh, that's nice. I'll, you know, maybe I'll watch the second half. I start watching in bed, and then, like... It goes into extra time. So first it becomes a two-hour game. So now it's like four something. And then it's like another half hour of penalty kicks. It was literally like starting to get light out by the time the game (laughs) was over. It was awful. Um, But they won, which was great. Um, Australia. So they... Australia won, yes. Um, Their goalie is a fucking brick wall. She's great. Mackenzie Arnold. Um, And the Matildas which is the Australian team, are... Of course it is. Just... Of course it is. Breaking so many records. They sold out the stadium in which they were playing and also four other stadiums across the continent broadcast the game live in those stadiums so people could go watch. Oh, that's cool. Um, It is super cool. Um, the whole country is just currently obsessed. Yeah. The Matildas now have more social media followers than the men's team, yes. which is <laughs> the Socceroos. Which is Shut up. <laughs> that is not their name. True. That is their, that is their oh actual name. The I can see Australia going with it. With that. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam Kerr, super cool cousin Sam. We love her. Um, also, Sam, if you lose tonight, I'm very sorry. I did buy your shirt, which probably doomed you. So my apologies. <laughs> um, so is there a favorite for the England versus Australia? Yeah, team? so they're playing England. England, England is the favorite yeah. because they won the Euro Cup just this spring, I guess. Um, but also Sam Kerr has not yet played a full game. And also, uh, you know, home playoff, advantage. So anything yes. can happen. Yeah. And they're chaos rules. Are they totally in Australia now? Like they're done with the New Zealand venues? I think so. I know that at least this game is is in Australia. I don't, I guess I don't know about the actual final, but I think it's in Australia Um, because they had the opener in New Zealand. Mm. I think they have the final in Australia. Um, And logistics wise, it's easier for people to get in and out of places in Australia. So only two more games left. 
Yeah. Uh, no, three. Three more games left. Yeah, so there's tonight's qual- tonight's fin- semifinal, final semifinal, the last of two yes. semifinals. <laughs> um, and then there's and then the, the final, but then there's also... Other, then the yeah, exactly. Winners. Right. Yep. So that's what we're doing. Awesome. Um, while we're talking about penalty kicks, um, the game with, with Australia had the most ever, but also one of the English players... Uh, in another game that went to penalty kicks, kicked the fastest penalty kick on record, men's or women's, in the last year. Um, And that's including in... So they were comparing it to the Premier League, which is the men's soccer Mm -hmm. league in the UK. I think the fastest men's penalty kick last in 2022 in the premier league was like 107 kilometers an hour Mm -hmm. and she kicked 110 damn so nice yeah this is like 65 miles per hour i was gonna say what's that in real numbers yeah (laughs) 60s or 70s i gotcha yeah 110 Um, is 68 miles an hour yeah so damn imagine throwing yourself in front of a ball going 68 miles an hour i wouldn't be me man every year at the the hockey all-star game they do hardest shot and i think the record there is like 108 miles an hour and that's a small yeah that's a small soccer that's a bullet (laughs) big yeah is there a goalie in the goal when they do the uh no there is not okay good (laughs) that feels better (laughs) penalty kicks do have a goalie yeah but yeah so that's that's most of it. I'm rooting for Australia. I would like Australia to win it all at this point. Sure. I'm on board. Uh, because they're oh, yeah, the Matildas? or Because they're the Matildas, because of Sam Kerr, because they're the host nation, and that would be nice, you know, because it would be nice for a non-European country to win. Because they've never gone this they're... far before. Exactly. Lots of reasons. Yeah. So I think at this point, England is statistically the favorite to win it all. And, you know, I, whatever. I, I got nothing against the English team. But I mean, um, the U.S. was statistically favored to win. Exactly. Anything yeah. can so, happen in the chaos yeah. playoffs. And this has been the World Cup of chaos. Yeah. It really, really has been, which is amazing and super fun. Uh, in our office league, Benny is still third <laughs> in our uh, table. I think I have moved up to 19th. So... I'm solidly in the top third of things, but Benny is actually third. So shout out to Benny for that. Nice. Good job, Benny. Yep. So that's my, that's my soccer update. Awesome. Uh, I don't think I have anything else. It's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. And I think it's really been a transformative world cup, which makes me really excited to see the next one. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like, the landscape of the whole thing has changed. Mm -hmm. The media landscape has changed. The merchandise landscape has changed. The teams getting in and performing has changed. Like it's just all completely, if you compare it to 2019, completely different. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I I love your point about like seeing the U S getting knocked out sucks, but having them get knocked out by a team that, you know, has traditionally maybe not done quite as well. Oh, I think Sweden's done pretty well. Oh, okay. But but like seeing this means like <laughs> yeah. there's more parity across the globe. And, absolutely. And that's going to make the competition more exciting. Yeah, definitely. And there were absolutely plenty of huge favorites who got knocked out mm-hmm. by teams that everybody didn't think would go very far mm-hmm. at all. Like we had, yeah. So yeah. that was, I think we talked about this last time, but it's been really impressive to yeah. see. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, so let's flip over to 
a different ball related sport. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, what's going on with baseball? We're, oh, we're my like ball in the height. Sport. Yes, your ball related. My sport doesn't have balls. <laughs> we're going to go tell every single hockey player. I stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> so what's All happening right. in baseball? Well, I got a little bit of news for from around the league. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, I guess we'll start start with my teams. Uh, so the Marlins had been doing really well, like up until the All Star break, which marks the middle of the season. Um, they'd been doing. They had like their best. They've had their best season in you know twenty years or something up to the All Star break. They started slumping a little bit after the break. Uh, well, kind of a lot after the break, but they may have turned <laughs> things around. Um, they've had a couple of really exciting games on, I don't know, one night there. So they're playing the Yankees. They're down. Have they beat their record this year of two winning two more than two games in a row? Uh, that's the A's. Oh, shit. I'm but, sorry. Uh, yeah. The Marlins are actually, they're <laughs> hanging in there. They're in, oh, the, good. in contention for the wild card. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're in a division with Atlanta, who has just blown everybody out of the water. Mm. Um, this year um, so they're not going to take the eastern division but uh, they could very well take a, a wild card spot anyway so they're down th- uh, three to seven to the Yankees in uh, the bottom of the ninth inning and they pull it out they manage to score wow. oh my god yeah five runs nice. in the bottom of the ninth uh, to uh, to win the whole thing yeah that's fantastic um, and the ironic thing is, uh, something very similar happened to the A's that same night in the opposite direction. I knew you were going to uh, say that. Yep. They had a seven to one lead to the Nationals in oh, the bottom of the no. night. Yep. Oh, seven to one. Yeah. And then and and the Nationals are not great. I mean, they're better than the A's, but everybody's better than the A's. <laughs> so right, I think Nationals... I think the Nationals at the bottom of the National League and the A's are at the bottom of the American League, but oh, yeah, yeah, real rough loss. Mm. So yeah, um, no new news in terms of the A's move. Um, I don't know that it's been officially okayed by the um, the other owners, but the protests are really taking. Yeah, off, the protests though. are still going on. Yeah, and going on in different cities too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the uh, A's played the Giants, and the Giants fans pitched in. I mean, it's a rivalry wow. in the Battle of the Bay, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, and I saw at the Nationals game too, like the Nationals, and I think the Mariners, like the crowds were chanting. Oh, really? That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it is actually. Yep. Nobody wants this move except Ooh. for the A's ownership. And yep. I mean, I don't really expect this to change anything especially not at this point yeah but it's still really cool to see and you know if it stops other ownership team if you know if the biggest result is there's that- my doorbell okay a few moments later all right so rachel okay uh, yes yes let's get back to it as i was saying <laughs> oh no is it not there anymore Hold on. Oh, okay. I remember it. So the point <laughs> did you I was... see that, Nancy? Did you see the mental note just drift yes, out of her I head? Did. Like a wisp <laughs> of like a piece of paper fluttered away. Yeah. <laughs> so I was trying to think of like what, because probably this is not going to change the outcome for the A's. Like what is the yeah. best outcome that we could hope from hope for from all the protests? And like if it 
keeps another mm. ownership team from fucking over a different set mm-hmm. of fans, you know, in the mm-hmm. future. Yeah. Maybe it's worth it. I don't know. Yeah. That's very selfless of you. <laughs> That's about as good as I can do right now. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So right. on to less depressing things than billionaires and the A's. Yes. Mm. Um, A's are 37 games out of first place in the AL West, just if you're... Oh, so how many games left? Uh, I mean, more than 37, <laughs> but if the A's get 37 more wins in the number of games that are left, I will be shocked. <laughs> well, and uh, good news for former A's, Matt Olson, who's now with Atlanta, um, is currently leading the league in... Uh, leading all of baseball, excuse me, in home runs. He has like nice. 43 at this point, which, you know, because they're just past the halfway point. So I think he's on track to get like 75 or something, which he probably won't, um, you know, because he's, he's on a hot streak right now. And like mm-hmm. 60 is a pretty fucking good benchmark. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Stan, John Carlos Stanton was chasing a few years ago. And he got to 59. Oh, I felt so bad oh, for him. Oh. Um, yeah. But uh, so hopefully... Uh, yeah, A's only have 43 games left, so they're not... Uh, <laughs> but They're totally going to do it. I mean, probably stranger things have happened. Yeah. They could go on a tear. I mean, they're not going to. Yeah. But they could go on a tear. Yeah. And win 43 go, <laughs> So anyway, yeah, so I guess we've only got like a quarter of the season left. So no, uh, Matt Olson's probably not going to get to 75. Hopefully he'll get to 60. That would be pretty cool. Um, And uh, Shohei Otani is right on his heels, has like... Oh, dang. 40 or 41... Uh, at least nice. 40. Um, so he continues to do amazing things. And uh, the Angels In spite are, of being yeah. <laughs> on a team that can't win. And the Angels are pretty much out of the conversation, even for a, uh, a wild card spot. I mean, they mm. if they did phenomenally from now till the end of the season, they could. And, uh, I, you know, I try to pay as little attention to trade stuff as possible. But some sneaks through, <laughs> despite uh, my best efforts. And uh, one of the tidbits that did was that, you know, the A's could have, there was, or Angels, excuse me, teams that start with A, there are too many of them, and there are too many of the, the AL West. Yeah. You've got the A's, the Astros, and the Angels, and it just, mm-hmm. nope. Anyway, so it's they could the have, <laughs> thank you. Mm. I mean, it's the asshat division anyway, as we saw mm-hmm. with the, the way the, the team logos line up. If the um, shoe fits. Yeah, so they could have... Angels could have gotten the most out of their money, I think, by trading uh, Otani before the deadline this year. Mm. Um, But they tried to, they made one last push to, like, try to put all the pieces in line behind him to try to get to the the postseason. And it looks like that's not happening. So uh, Otani will almost certainly be traded somewhere else next year do we have any any um, idea of where i mean or? just about everybody like who has money to spend has their sure. name mm-hmm. has been thrown around um i think mm-hmm. the dodgers probably most of all just because they could afford him because he is going to he is probably i mean i don't know the the details of this he is probably going to command a uh uh large record-breaking sum. deal oh yeah you know um especially with his performance this year mm-hmm so, uh, we'll see uh, what happens with that. But that's probably going to be the biggest uh, off-season news this year. Um, let's see what else. Uh, 
Orioles uh, who are doing surprisingly, shockingly well. So the, <laughs> since, since I started paying attention in 2016, the Orioles have been hot garbage. Uh, I feel like I, that's just always been true of the Orioles. Like, I feel like even not knowing anything about baseball <laughs> growing up, I knew like the Orioles and the Tigers, like both sucked. I mean, they, is I that just because had... you don't like teams with orange? No, I'm I kidding. love teams with orange. She does have the color orange. I will say that. I do. But like, yeah, there are teams that you don't necessarily associate with winning. And I think probably the Tigers. Also the Pirates. Yeah. And the Pirates were doing really well for a while. They're not anymore. It's so weird. They're back to equilibrium now and sucking. But so the Orioles, they are on top of the AL East. I believe they have the best record in the American League. Wow. Um, so they're they're on fire. Yeah. That's and so bonkers. there was a, a incident last week where the Orioles were playing the, the Rays, who are also doing very, very well. They're in the same division. Mm. Um, and, you know, they they were on top last season and, and this year it's the Orioles. So the uh, broadcaster went on air and he showed a graphic comparing in past seasons how mm-hmm. Orioles have stacked up against Rays. And they hadn't won a season, maybe, uh, excuse me, a series against the Rays I think either at home or at the Rays stadium in like 13 series. And at this point they were, they had won the, I think they'd already taken two out of three. So the broadcaster was saying, you know, this is how much better the Orioles are doing this year. Isn't this great? He was talking about statistics and Mm -hmm. a graphic that were delivered to him by the official PR team. Mm -hmm. He was punished and and taken off the air and suspended for that. For that specific for actual incident. reporting. Yes, for reporting on the team. Because he was being what? too negative. What? Yeah, yeah, that's absurd. Yeah, reporting on the information given to him by the official on PR. facts. Yes. And like... Oh my god. I'm like, pretty I'm sure... Sorry. The people watching know how badly their team Yeah, sucks. I was gonna say. I was gonna You'd say. Think. It's not the a most secret. Diehard Orioles fan has to know at this point... That they're doing phenomenally better than they have been yes. in the past few seasons. Not a secret. So poor Kevin Brown, and he has not wow. apologized to his credit. You know, he is. I believe he's. Nor should. Yeah, he. I believe he's no. already being reinstated. Like it was only a couple games suspension. Oh, good. Okay. Um, That's I could ridiculous. be wrong, but I think yeah. But he has not apologized. He was like <laughs> I was doing my job. Yeah, yeah, I was literally reading what was handed to Who me. Who was yeah. he suspended by? The league or like the, I think the, the, the team. The team. The team. Yeah. yeah. Like, does the team think it's a secret? <laughs> they just I don't, don't want to remind people, I think. But I yeah, get, it's but still like, super fucking But stupid. I feel like that's the time to remind people. Like, guys, yeah. we suck. Look this how is good really we're exciting doing. that we're doing yeah. so well right now. <laughs> this is unprecedented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Think. So there's that. And then uh, the last bit of MLB news I wanted to get into. There was an exciting event. Uh, not last weekend, but the weekend before last. Fight, uh, so, fight, fight. Yep. Fight. So now baseball on-field conflict is not lacking, right? Uh, mm-hmm. There's there's quite a bit of, of smack talk that goes on. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of posturing. There's even some shoving. For people who look like your uncle sitting at a beer bar. (laughs) (laughs) But rarely are there actual punches thrown. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, there were. Yeah, hockey. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And the game between the uh, Chicago White Sox and Cleveland Guardians. 
so uh, you had one. Wait, I'm sorry. Time out. Did Cleveland change their name? Yes. Yeah, like two years ago. When? Yep. <laughs> All right. We have discussed. We did talk I'll about it. I know we discussed this on the podcast. <laughs> okay, I, I know we talked about it. I, I believe you. I believe you. I mean, it could be that I got you so used to calling them Cleveland instead of the team name sure. that, like, yeah. it, it like did the not Washington get refreshed in you. Yes, yeah. it did not get refreshed in your mind. Yes, mm-hmm. so the Cleveland Guardians. Wow. Um, their uh, third baseman, uh, Jose Ramirez, uh, had uh, he hit a ball into right field, and he it was a double, so he's coming around to second base, and he, the ball comes to Tim Anderson, the White Sox shortstop. And mm. uh, Ramirez slides headfirst into base. Anderson tags him. The tag is too late. And and, and Ramirez is safe. Well, mm-hmm. Ramirez did not like the way, I guess, that Anderson tagged him or the way that he was mm-hmm. defending the base, mm-hmm. which it did not look specific, did not look egregious to me. Ramirez later said it was a hard tag and that he was upset because Anderson was disrespecting the game and mm-hmm. uh, was going to get somebody hurt. Disrespecting um, the game. So Ramirez pops up and kind of gestures in Anderson's face, like gets mm-hmm. a finger in his face. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hey, you, bro, what you doing? Yeah. And it escalates real quickly because Anderson oh, really? then flings down his glove and liter- oh, literally puts up his dukes. Like, oh, I don't wow. know if I've seen that. Oh, that's but he, like, he, he's, he's rearing to go like a cartoon strongman. Like, that's amazing. And so, I love that. That's my favorite. And so then Ramirez does too, and Anderson throws two big haymakers, like wow. telegraphing it from outer space. And Ramirez ducks uh-huh. under him. Then Ramirez comes up with a right hook, pops Anderson in the chin, and lays him out. Oh my god! Nice. Like I don't think he lost consciousness or anything, but he was but he down. Was... That's so incredible. All of this has. Okay, I need to watch this. Yes, online. we do. All of this has time to transpire <laughs> long before. Uh, and of course, the other teams are rushing in, but this happens right, so this fast. Right, because this is what happens in baseball: mm-hmm. is the entire dugout empties itself to come fight mm-hmm. on the field. Yeah, and the poor guys in the outfield are like, "Don't let it stop before I get there. I want to participate." <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but in this case, it just it happened so fast, and like, oh, it was it That's was an amazing. event. So everybody in baseball is talking about this and talking wow. about how and giving Anderson shit because he. He started it. He did not finish it. Um, wow. And then there was the, the Cleveland radio announcer that like, and this happened so fast that I was like amazed at this. He immediately calls to mind Howard Cosell calling the uh, Frazier versus Foreman fight, yelling, you know, down goes Frazier, down goes Frazier. He pulls it out and he's yelling, down goes Anderson, down goes Anderson. <laughs> and yeah, so people were, uh, were calling, uh, Anderson Frazier as he was walking out. Um, nice. Yeah, so he he has not spoken to the media. Ramirez uh-huh. has a couple of times. Um, so <laughs> did he say, "Do you see how good I punched it?" <laughs> no, but it was it was pretty clear he was talking from a place of pride. Uh, yeah. So so Ramirez got suspended three games. Uh, Anderson got mm-hmm. suspended six. Ramirez was able to he started it. Yeah, talk it down to two. Though I mean, you could. Ramirez did pop up and point a finger in Anderson's face. Like I don't. Yeah, but if Anderson threw the first, yeah, punch, and Anderson though, very clearly was the one to say, "Put up your Dukes, we're doing mm-hmm. this." Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a quick oh fight, but it's uh, 
It's a funny That's one. Amazing. Yeah. And uh Yeah, we'll uh we'll see if this affects oh cuz the White Sox are kind of out of the conversation at this point. The Guardians, I believe, are still in wild card contention. Um and Ramirez is a is a well uh, is a well-liked and needed player for them. Anyway, so that's the news around MLB. So Rebecca, just to refresh your memory, the Cleveland team got their name changed to the Guardians because at the field where they play, there are these big stone sculptures around the entrances that are like Art Deco era called the Guardians of Industry. And they symbolize the different. Because it's like the Rust Belt sort of deal. They're really cool if you Google them. They look really neat. Yeah, and I, I did, of course, look this up. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I know you were right. But yeah, it, it officially <laughs> changed in November of 2021. So mm-hmm. I'm sure we yeah. did talk about it. And Nancy, you yeah. mentioning the statues, that sounds familiar. It just, yeah. in context, probably because I don't think no, about totally. Ohio sports very often. Sorry, Ohio <laughs> family. Uh, it just, like, slipped my brain. Well, and I wouldn't know all the details, except I have a, a another friend, Rebecca, who is very into... Cleveland baseball. So mm. I heard all about it. Gotcha. Okay. Mm. Well, moving on to the same and a similar sport, but at a different level. Uh, Just the smaller. League, yeah. <laughs> Petite. Though not always in height, but we'll get to that. So the <laughs> League World Series has been going on uh, first for softball and now for baseball, which uh, I didn't even know until a couple years ago that Little League softball was a thing. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. So the uh, 10 to 12. So it goes like age four to age 16, but it's the 10 to 12 year olds that do the World Series. And mm. that has been um, I, I remember watching it last year uh, broadcast now nationwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I remember uh, Joyce at church used to watch the Little League World Series every year. Yeah, that's been broadcast for a while, hasn't it? At least the baseball has. I don't know. Last last year was the first time I remember seeing softball. It could be that it has. um, And I just wasn't aware of it. But but last year was the first time I was aware of it. Yeah, that I can't answer. But I do remember Joyce watching the Little League World Series. So yeah, so I won't go into it uh, a whole lot. But uh, I do think it's interesting that so it is a world series and they do make a point of that so that they, they have uh, uh, teams from other countries. So right. they have essentially once you get to the world series level, they have teams from regions. So, you know, there's a southeast team, there's the southwest team, the west team, the mid-Atlantic, the northeast. And then you have uh, regions from other countries. So you get uh, Canada, one team from Canada. Uh, you have Latin America. The, the region of Canada. Sure. The region of Canada, the region of Latin America, and then the, uh-huh. the funniest regions, Asia Pacific and Europe Africa. <laughs> those small chunks of the world. Yes, those uh-huh. very small regions of the world. Yeah, so I was I was interested because, you know, obviously softball is a highly American sport, not entirely American, but highly American, um, to see uh, who, who was competing in those regions. Yeah. So for uh, Europe and Africa, there were two Czech teams. So the the regional final uh, was held in Czechoslovakia. There are two Czech teams, a Netherlands team and an Italy team. The Italy team won that region. So Mm -hmm. they they represented them. They they got past, I believe, the first round of the, because I saw them win the first round of the World Series and exited after that. Uh, Asia Pacific, it was the Philippines team for the second year in a row. I'm not sure what other teams. I was kind of surprised that there wasn't a Japan team because outside of the U.S., Japan has the biggest softball 
pro softball uh, hmm. contingent that I know of. Um, but the Philippines team came for a, a second year in a row. Um, Latin America, you had uh, Curacao, Mexico, U.S. Virgin Islands, and two Puerto Rico teams. And one of the Puerto <laughs> Rico teams made it to the uh, Little League World Series and got past, nice. I think, the first two rounds. So oh, they did good for them. pretty well. And then from Canada, they, I think, didn't last very long. But you had <laughs> Quebec, British Columbia, and Alberta. And the Alberta team was the one that represented Canada. Uh, so ultimately, it came down to the Mid-Atlantic team, which is a team from Massapequa, New York, and the Southeast team, which was from Pitt County, North Carolina. Um, and the interesting thing about that was so that I don't know how often it moves around because it had been played. The, the World Series had been played at uh, in, in Oregon up until hmm. uh, two years ago. And then it moved to North Carolina, which, like I say, I don't know how often it moves around because I'm sure that there are not... Mm -hmm facilities necessarily mm -hmm. for uh you know that, that could host a, a national event like this um mm -hmm. but the north carolina team uh this north carolina team, they're actually two because the the winnings the state that the uh that the series is in gets their their state champion automatically gets in and then the other North Carolina team had to go through the Southeast tournament, so they were representing the whole Southeast. But that particular North Carolina team oh, cool. was from was from eight miles away from the venue yeah. from Greenville, North Carolina. <laughs> oh, wow. So they had a, yeah they had a, a big home team contingent. Like their I bet. cheering yeah. section was huge. Oh, that's and, so cool. Yeah, and that was really neat. The uh, the probably the most exciting game was the semifinal between Texas, who it was the same Texas team that uh, won the whole thing last year. And I, mm. I re remember their pitcher because she's so good. When she goes on to college, I'm I sure she'll you get talking a, about that. Yeah, yeah, she'll get a, a, a it'll probably be a big deal where she decides to sign. Um, so they played in the semifinals, and I think Texas was probably the better team. But North Carolina was scrappy, and they took advantage every time Texas made a mistake. And there were a couple of lead changes, and it was it was a real exciting game. And uh, North That's Carolina fun. pulled it out in the end. That's so cool. Texas played well, but North Carolina pulled it out. Yep. And uh, ultimately, they lost to New York in the finals. Um, but again, they played well, and New York had, as a state, had never won a, uh, <laughs> oh, a wow. little league softball World Series. So that was that was pretty cool. That's very cool. Yeah, so that took place this past weekend, and that was fun to watch. I always sit there thinking, like, could I, definitely not now, but could <laughs> I, at I the have. peak of my playing ability, at, like, 14 or so, could I have gotten a hit off of these pitchers? Mm. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I bet I, I, bet I could have. <laughs> Probably not. No, no. It's hubris. But I, Don't you listen. know, I like to fool myself. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we still got the uh, the um, the league baseball World Series coming up. The regionals have uh, taken place. The only game I watched was the West Regional because it was Southern California versus Northern California. Uh -huh. uh, alas, Southern California won. Uh, the Ooh. North California team was from San Jose, I believe. No, oh, no, nice. San Ramon. Sorry, yeah, oh. San Ramon. Um, okay, on the peninsula. But the North Carolina, I mean the North Carolina, North California team. So the nutty thing about both softball and baseball, but especially baseball, because just because of the way boys mature and grow up, is you have like everything from a four foot six shrimpy looking kid <laughs> to 
in the women's at least like a, a person who was five nine i believe was the tallest mm-hmm. but the pitcher for southern california was six feet tall oh my god i, be- I believe it and like just from the sheer point of view of physics of mm-hmm. how long the lever arm is in throwing the ball you know <laughs> yeah. he's got an advantage so but i will say from watching the softball team wasn't necessarily the uh the taller pitchers who were better like sometimes mm-hmm. or the hitters either well right because i mean you remember being a teenager when you hit those growth spurts it's so hard to coordinate mm-hmm. yep like i can't I say mean, i ever I had a big growth spurt to where <laughs> i was like boy i did oh i'm awkward now. yeah but you're you're an amazon all over the place i was i i've been <laughs> five four or five five since i was like 14 there was no growth spurt i went from like five two shot up to five four yeah, I think I hit five seven at about twelve, and then oh like gosh. definitely yeah. added a few more inches after that. Yeah, not so much. Well, that's true. You got to take that into account. But it's just—it's a very funny and like some of the uh, the swarthier uh, baseball players will already Swarthy. have facial hair. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. Oh, people of Mediterranean heritage and such. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, Kyle talking about one of the guys he went to high school with who in the theater productions always had to play like the father because he could grow a full beard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like it happens. I, see that, I feel like I see that in the, the NHL draft every year because oh, I know, yeah. Rachel, you don't care about trades or contracts. I love that shit. Um, but well, like, one of us has to. So it's you know, true. You're it's true. Gaps. And some of them look like infants and some yep. of them look mm-hmm. like toddlers with facial hair so i totally i totally see it want to laugh for an hour look up steph curry's draft photo Mm -hmm. because it literally looks like a 12 year old in a jersey well he's still got a baby face even now he does he does he does he looks like he's 19 now he does but like yeah him and clay thompson their draft photos they look like children and they were fully in their 20s like neither of them was like 18 i mean honestly on the whole i try not to go back and look at people's draft photos because i don't want people going back and looking at photos of me when i was 18 (laughs) i looked like not that i think like clay thompson is googling me but (laughs) (laughs) um all right so so um, yeah baseball still coming up yes Um, there's a few more international regions uh for uh for the baseball so you got uh you once again have asia pacific and europe africa uh mm-hmm. so uh chinese taipei or taiwan mm-hmm. as they are known on a map and chinese taipei for sports yeah uh, it will represent mm-hmm. asia pacific let's see europe africa will be represented by the czech republic so okay so i guess uh they're czech- baseball in the czech republic it's i ought to like. uh yeah to pay attention to that because that's uh who else but you also you so you have canada but you also have australia uh caribbean so easily dismissed <laughs> also have canada yeah, whatever canada. uh the cuba region the japan region uh latin america so latin america and cuba are separate latin america and caribbean are separate and you also oh, get okay cuba and mexico and panama have their own are so I, each yeah i'm sure it's by the number of teams that are in that yeah, region sure makes sense uh, and then, of course, the Japan region. Um, yes, naturally. So, Japan yes, but not for softball. Um, so not uh, that'll be interesting. The The tournament goes uh, the 16th through the 27th. So it, uh, it'll start tomorrow. The first rounds will start tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll try to catch some of that and see uh, if it's as fun as the, the softball. Because it's, it's yeah. fun. 
And um, one of the neat things about the softball tournament is that they, uh, and they, I feel like they should do this for pro players too in all sports, is they ask them fun questions like, you know, what's your favorite, you know, food or color or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and they have they little, should do little that introductions. For all sports and, players. Yeah. So when they come up, instead of talking about like their batting average and stuff, they talk right. about their, uh, you know, their favorite food mm-hmm. or their favorite musical artist. Um and uh, one of the things that was interesting, I, I don't know, yeah, they did talk about it in the same, was uh, some of them had superstitions. Um, mm. So, which that, I thought that was a fun thing to talk about because there was, of course, and some of the commentators talked about because they're, they're former softball players themselves. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one lady had a like a, a sequined headband that she wore at every game or something and how nasty mm-hmm. it was at the end because she couldn't oh, wash it. Ew, so that's, yeah. I mean, that's always a big one is, is oh, yeah. items of clothing. But there's also like um, one of the, I think it was the North Carolina players had, uh, she did a special handshake with her mom every before every mm-hmm, game. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, her mom mm-hmm. had a special, even the mom had a special hat that she wore to every game. Um, that's cute. But yeah, so... In yeah. that vein, I think yeah. we got a listener question that we has to did. do with superstitions. We did. Yes, listener- from our uh, pod superfan Jess. Yes, Jess right? sent us an email. Um, she says, "Since some pitcher from the horrible Astros pitched a no hitter tonight, I got thinking about superstitions in sports. Baseball, of course, has many, including that you don't call it a no hitter until it's finished because that's how you jinx it." and or the Cubs curse or myriad other ones. What are your favorite sports superstitions? Although I should say, it says, what are y'all's favorite sports superstitions? But the favorite is spelled in the Canadian British way, which I find particularly pleasing <laughs> after the word y'all's. And then she it's says, an do you have, contrast. yeah, do you have any yourself, any particular player on any of your teams that you know is walking out onto the pitch court field, et cetera, wearing their lucky socks every night? Um, well, I feel like I, I've been I mean, talking a lot, so somebody else say something. I mean, I, so <laughs> basketball is full of them. I know, I know this is a thing. I don't know a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Steph has a little ritual he does. I don't know if I'd call it a superstition so much as like. Well, so I was. I, it as it I was might thinking, be a thing that like. Yeah, puts him into the right headspace. You know, like I'm, yeah, yeah. Like where yeah. is the line? I think it's where you're going. With yeah, this. yeah. I was thinking about the same thing. Like I think there, are, there. I mean, hockey is probably the most superstitious or ritualistic. But I think there's a difference between rituals and superstitions. And I can name more rituals than superstitions. Probably rituals are based <gasps> in superstition, but they yeah, feel I a think little bit that's... different. I mean, I gotta say, as somebody with who actually has mild OCD, when when a ritual becomes a compulsion, it's the same thing as a superstition, basically. Okay. <laughs> like, and and so I think that because as soon as you don't do it, then you expect things to go wrong. Sure. Right. So then I think that yeah. fills the same, the same function. Sure. Right? Like. I mean, unless you're talking about a superstition, like you know, naming the Scottish play on stage, which. But again, that gets back to a not doing it as a compulsion. So I don't know. I don't know. That's, but I, I hear your point. Yeah. Anywhere in the theater uh, is is how we is practiced. It? Oh, okay. But I thought it was on stage. All right. Um, well, whatever. I, I mean, was that not might a be, theater kid. That might be the purest form of it. I don't know. <laughs> you got to cast a wide net to be safe. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Steph has this thing where he will just like run up to the 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 basket, the the bottom of the basket and like 
get real close and then like touch the the matting around the basketball post. You'll see him do this before games where mm-hmm. he it's it's a funny little thing. It's like a little run. It's like he runs up close and then he goes real slow right up next to it and then like very gently bumps into mm-hmm. it and then and that's uh he'll also often shoot a three-pointer from the tunnel coming out onto <laughs> the uh but that might just be showing off. I'm not sure. I was sure. going to say how many times or, does he actually make it? At the very Lots least, of times. at the very least, it probably started as a show off, like or yeah, as a bet, exactly. something like that. Yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a really good one a few years ago. Uh, during, I don't remember which. There was a, one of the Warriors championship runs. I don't remember which one. Um, oh, Rebecca, you're gonna have to Google this while I'm talking because I don't now remember the details. But it spawned a trend called toaster clay which was one of my favorite things that's been on the internet ever, where a fan brought a toaster to Clay Thompson to autograph, I think is Uh how this started. And he's like, there are pictures of him just looking at this toaster in like absolute befuddlement. Uh And then being Clay Thompson, he signs it because that's what you do, you know? And then like, uh, (laughs) whenever, and then after that, the Warriors did really, really, really good. And so they attributed it. and two for the rest of the season. To this four-game sweep of the Spurs in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and, and a so they would... beat down of the defending champion Cleveland yeah. Cavaliers in the NBA Finals. And a lot of this was Clay Thompson doing really, really well. And so anytime he would go off, the internet would, like, explode in, like, bread emoticons for Toaster Clay. Because <laughs> he um, was toasting the opposition. So from an article... Uh, on courtsidescribbles.com, somebody says, at one point, Reddit user The Snacks says, if they go 31-0, and 0, I'm buying one of those toasters. Not a championship hat or shirt or anything like that. Just the toaster. <laughs> That's amazing. So that, that may be my favorite super, sports superstition. Toaster clay. I like that one. That's a good one. Nice. Yeah. I mean, there, there are lots of, like, rituals in hockey. I mean, the... Um, they, a lot of players do their specific, like, nap ritual. They have to take a nap at the specific time of day, which is why sometimes, like, if they play at a different time of day, they're garbage. Like, the Capitals (laughs) playing an afternoon game, garbage. Don't watch that game. It's going to be terrible. (laughs) You gotta pick a ritual Um, that's not, like, time or location dependent, though. I mean, that's just setting yourself up for failure. Yes, but there's no choice. They don't have anything they, they can do. That's but then, true. Like, I guess logic famously, doesn't really enter into it. No. Yeah. Famously, um, Ovi eats um, Mama Lucia's, which is an Italian restaurant in the DMV area. Um, he gets a chicken parm with um, garlic bread and apparently just houses that thing before basically every game. <laughs> I'm uh, hungry. Well, that every sounds really good. Game. I know, doesn't it? That sounds really good. Yeah. Um, also in the Capitals, once they take the ice, you see TJ Oshie and Tom Wilson, they'll skate over to the boards. And usually it starts with TJ Oshie standing and Tommy will come up behind him and whack him on the butt a few times with his stick. And then TJ fake falls over and then they switch like (laughs) countless videos of this on the internet. And when... TJ was out for a number of games this past season. Tommy would like go do that on the side, just like to no one. <laughs> and it was kind of adorable and kind of sad. That's um, hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Unless. Yeah. 
Um, there are players who will dress in a certain way, like dress left to right. Mm-hmm. So left sock, mm-hmm. right sock, left knee mm-hmm. pad, right knee pad, left ball, right ball. I don't know, whatever else they do. <laughs> um, um, uh, Braden Holpe, he used to do a thing during games. He was the Capitals goalie who helped win, helped them win the Stanley Cup in 2018. Um, he would do a thing during the game where if there was a stoppage in play, he would take his water bottle and he would shoot like a bunch of a squirt of water into the air Mm. and he would pick out a single droplet of water to focus his eyes and like watch that water droplet arc through the air and fall on the ground as a way of like refocusing his eyes from the play that had been going on before that. Right. Yeah, I mean, there yeah. are some some of those kind of rituals that kind of cross the line. And I don't know if it's like plausible deniability with like, no, really, this yeah. is something that legitimately helps. Like, right. I remember the, right. the, the softball commentators were talking about she never stepped on a chalk line going out to the right. mound. Mm. But that like made her focus on where she was putting her feet. And like, right. Well, and there's the right. don't step on the team logo in the locker room. I don't know if that exists in your sports, but in hockey, I've never heard of it. You do not step like in your in your locker room. The floor is carpeted for some godforsaken reason, and there's yeah, the, like a bad the logo of the team in the center of the floor, and you do not walk on the logo of the team. You walk around it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I've heard that. I don't know that it. I don't think most. Well, I don't know the condition of MLB locker rooms. So I, maybe this doesn't happen in other sports, but there's a lot of post-game interviews in hockey that take place in the locker room. Like, they don't go to a room oh, afterwards. yeah, no. Not in baseball. Yeah. The, yeah, no. It, it's absurd. I mean, journalists will do locker room interviews with players in basketball, but it's all, like, for print later on. It's not, like, with cameras. I will and, say yeah. they will do little, like, almost pre- the pre-game interviews, I think. They'll do little mm-hmm. little... But usually they don't show the whole locker room. It's just like you see lockers behind a guy. Yeah, there's not necessarily the whole locker room, but you do see it quite a bit. Um, Tyler Sagan is one of the one of I, I don't I still don't know if this is really a superstition. I guess it I guess it is. Um, he has to be the last person off the ice after warmups. So like every once in a while, he will play another team where another player has to be the last guy off the oh, ice. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I think it was Mark Shifley who played for the Jets at the time. They were both this player, so when the teams played each other, they both went to their like team door to go off the ice, and they did rock, paper, scissors from across <laughs> the way to determine That's who was going to go off. Um, That's so funny. Tyler has they also at the same time, like timed it so they were both. <laughs> yeah, but then they still don't win. <laughs> um, Tyler has also like gone down the tunnel, waited for the other player to go out, and then gone back out on the ice, taken a little swing, swing around, <laughs> and then gone back in. I think the biggest yeah, that's one valid. in hockey. I'd do that. Yeah, I think the biggest one in hockey is that you don't touch the um, trophy that you win at the in the semifinals in the Eastern. Um, division. It's the Prince of Wales trophy. So that's the round before you go to the Stanley Cup. And the superstition is the Stanley Cup is the only one that matters. So you don't lift the other one and celebrate with the other one if you want to go on and win the Stanley Cup. Um, So it's always a big deal when 
I mean, it's quote unquote big deal when a, when a player mm-hmm. decides right. to pick that thing up. And notably, I will say <laughs> Ovi picked up that Prince of Wales trophy and celebrated the shit out of it in the year that they went on to win the Stanley cup. <laughs> yeah. Those are the ones that I know about in hockey. Yeah. I'm sure basketball must have ones that I don't know about, but I do think that they're more individual. I mean, I know that there are guys who have like lucky headband or lucky socks yeah. or like whatever, you know, but I feel like it doesn't get talked about that much. Yeah. Um, yeah, possibly not. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the other thing in, hic- in hickey, <laughs> in hockey, I really do think it's, I was going to say hockey and ritual and it came out hickey. Um, there's like, some of it is like weird personal style, like the way that you tape the blade of your hockey stick or the way you take sure. the, like the, the shaft where you hold it. Um, there are certain players who have a really specific style and way of doing that. Like Jamie Ben covers like three inches of the blade of his, of his hockey stick. It looks like a tool, but you know exactly which hockey stick is Jamie's when you, <laughs> when you watch them play. Oh, yeah, I was reading one about because I just looked at some lists and I don't know how independently verified these things are. But Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Uh, Bruce Gardner, during his rookie season with the Senators in 1996, a veteran told former NHL forward Bruce Gardner that he would only succeed if he learned to get his stick dirty and advised him to dip it in the toilet. (gasps) No. Initially, he resisted, (laughs) but ultimately relented after an extended scoring slump. The toilet trick worked and Gardner went on a hot streak after employing the toilet tactic. Okay, the toilet trick did not work. That is a falsehood. (laughs) Toilet bacteria doesn't make you better at sports. Causation. Gross. Gardner didn't want to overwork the porcelain hockey gods, so he didn't overdo the dunking. After making it a daily ritual for a while, he eventually cut back and only used it as a slump-busting weapon. Oh my god. If I were one of his teammates, I'd be so horrified. I'd be horrified as the equipment manager. Oh yeah, for real. Oh. Hopefully, equipment manager was like lysoling it down <laughs> every time. Oh. Hopefully, the equipment manager knew so that they could lysol <laughs> it down. Yeah, the, the equipment manager knew. They know all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh. I did do a little bit of research about this because I was trying to see if I could, if anybody had done any studies on like which sport has the most superstitions. Mm-hmm. What'd you learn? Uh, and I couldn't really find anything for that. But I found uh, two biggest things I found were a, a, a journal article for, you know, a sports review journal uh, in like the 80s that had done a bunch of classifications of, of sports rituals. Um, so you could classify them by origin, mm-hmm. either from uh, the dominant culture. So like avoiding 13 or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. um, from the sport. So obviously for baseball, there's the no hitter one. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Not stepping on the pitcher's mound is one that's pretty common. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, I think and- the the no hitter one is a little bit like the shutout one. You don't talk about a shutout while a shutout is happening. Yeah, yeah and and with basketball, if somebody is like on a streak, you know, yeah. about to break a record or something. Oh, that doesn't exist to- in hockey. If you're about to break a record, they just talk about the shit out of it. Yeah, I, I would mean, say they'll, they'll, they'll mention it, but they'll they'll stop you know like no. if you're real close then they'll kind of like or like no. if you haven't missed that becomes part of the marketing and hockey <laughs> oh i don't mean game to game i mean in a game yeah okay all right 
Yeah, I think for baseball, a lot of time, especially hitting records, like, you know, there is a long buildup to it, you know, mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. have to talk about it. Um, and the no hitter is the one that kind of happens in game, so they don't talk about right. it. Yeah. All right. You can also classify uh, anthropologically as either uh, rituals, taboos, or fetishes. So we talked about rituals, taboos, you know, not don't talk about the no hitter and fetishes, right. I guess, are like lucky objects. Right, mm. sure. A fetish. Not, yes. Yeah. 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 No, not though. Uh, there is a, a baseball Related player, concept. yeah, named uh, Jason Giambi, who apparently took to wearing a gold thong. Uh, I mean, if it works, it works. Yeah. It was kind of art imitating light. That would not build me run. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can't be that much worse than a jockstrap, honestly. <laughs> but well, the jockstrap goes outside. Go, yeah, it doesn't go. Do right you think up the they middle. stay there though? I mean, with they with would not on my butts, butt, but with athlete butts, I like it. Like this, we gotta save this for foul puck after dark. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody buy me a jock strap. I'll test this theory. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna need you to text me your address. I will absolutely <laughs> buy you a jock strap. <laughs> We're gonna learn so much on uh-huh, this pod. Uh huh. Okay. Thanks, Jess. Yeah. Thanks, so- Jess. <laughs> So there's a 1975 study that tried to uh, categorize it even closer. Uh, so uh, categories are clothing, manner of dressing, numbers, practices to prevent or cure injury, equipment care and use, practices before and during contests, and omens, premonitions, and beliefs about the result of a contest. Mm. She suggested the most common superstition among athletes involves a particular item of a lucky clothing, be it a hat, shirt, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It's an easy low bar sort of yes. thing that you can control. Well, and I can also see the number thing being huge because I mean, some players start with mm-hmm. a number when they're children, mm-hmm. and then they want to carry yep. that number forever. Mm-hmm. I think Clay Thompson was number one, but then when he came to the Warriors, somebody else had it, and so that's how he ended up being eleven. Yeah, because it's two ones. Yep. Yeah, and one interesting thing that that uh, one of the studies pointed out was that uh, the sports, the superstitions often have little to do with the sport itself. Yep. Um, at least the individual mm-hmm. ones, you know, it's and there's so there's more common between athletes of different sports than there is necessarily mm-hmm. within the same sport. I buy that. And then there was a, a more recent meta-analysis, lit review, I should say, uh, from 2016. And unfortunately, all I could see was the abstract. I would love to get the, the actual uh, review. You do know somebody who works at a yeah, I was major say, research you... one university and has access to... <laughs> what was it Because one of us could probably The Journal get it. of Scandinavian Psychology or something. Let's see. Yeah, Scandinavian Journal of Psychology. Superstitious okay. Behavior in Sport, a literature review. Nice. Um, anyway, but the interesting things from the, the abstract, um, uh, number of superstitions increase with the level of challenge as reflected by the importance mm, of the competition, sure. as well as the level of uncertainty. Uh, cultural factors in conjunction with the education level, as well as gender, have a strong influence on superstitious behaviors oh, in sports. But they didn't say uh, which way, so I don't know if it's uh, uh, women or men who have uh, more superstitions. Uh, let's see. Elite athletes are clearly more superstitious than non-elite athletes. Sure. Though that would go hand Higher in hand stakes. with yeah, importance of the competition. Uh, interaction between athletic skill and task difficulty emerges to be another strong predictor of superstition in sports. Mm-hmm. So if I can get my hands on the uh, the full text of that article, I'll, I'll report back. Yeah, give me about really a minute. <laughs> That's true. Both of you could probably find it for me. Yep. 
the uh one of the women's teams at the world cup uh i believe it was germany had a hand crocheted koala somebody had made for them oh my God. Uh, and they named it waru Aww. which is i guess the indigenous word for koala um and brought it to all of their games but sadly waru did not uh get them all the way to the end oh but it was very cute i encourage encourage everybody to google that image because it was adorable they made it a little jersey <laughs> that sounds adorable well, in terms of baseball players of course there are you know dozens of lists of, of superstitions uh wade boggs was the most frequently cited he had a whole bunch of different ones from like he had to take exactly 105 ground balls in practice or in, yeah, in pregame mm-hmm. practice too. But the most notable one, he apparently ate a whole bunch of chicken before each game. Sure. That seems like a recipe for disaster. Uh, it, to the point where after he retired, he wrote a cookbook, a chicken-based <laughs> cookbook. Okay. And the most uh, interesting basketball one I found, let's see, uh, Dallas Maverick shooting guard Jason Eugene Terry had a whole bunch of them. And he included he tried eating chicken like Wade Boggs, wearing five pairs of socks while playing, which feels like it would get in the way. Oh, oh ouch. Dang, yeah. That sounds terrible. That seems really difficult. Uh, the most bizarre one, the night before every game, Terry goes to bed while wearing the shorts of the next day's opposing team. Huh. This compulsion has left him desperately tra- tracking down the right trunks on a bad night. But a yeah, network of no equipment kidding. managers and fellow players usually hook Terry up. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> well, Rachel, I have put that full article in the chat here for you for you to download <gasps> and read at your And we'll leisure. do a follow-up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but on that note, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, one more. Did we have any superstitions oh. ourselves when oh. we were playing sports or as fans? I don't think we answered oh. that a bit. So I will say... Um, I try not to wear the shirt of the uh, team I'm supporting if they have an important game. Oh, really? Because yeah, I I have you know purely on a on a you know correlation not causation basis found that if I am wearing my supporting clothing and my team has mm-hmm. an important game, they will lose. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I mean, and I have texted Rachel to make her stop watching important games. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing i will Fair. like if rachel's a cooler <laughs> if my team's doing well and you know i turn the game on and all of a sudden they they are ahead and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're behind i'll turn the game off because mm-hmm. yep i'm doing something wrong yeah so yep. i do try to wear uh some article of clothing supporting the team that i'm watching to the point I where i used to do that but it was I, bad <laughs> well when i went to south africa i brought my dallas stars hoodie so that i could like nice. sleep in it when they were in the playoffs Though I will say it it changes. So like if I'm wearing my like Lars Eller shirt and the Capitals lose a couple games in a row, I will switch it. I will take off the, I will retire the Eller shirt for a little bit and put on a different Mm -hmm. one um, until I find one that works for a few games. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you gotta, you gotta approach these things scientifically, obviously. I mean, I did also, you guys know that I just moved across the country. I did also for the first time in my life, get a vanity plate that has the capitals on it. That's amazing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so. I can't remember if I had any from actually playing sport. I'm sure we did had a few, but like, I don't think any of my teams was in those high stakes competitions that uh, <laughs> would engender. Actually, sure. probably more for debate than for uh, for sports. 
but from athletics. Uh, yes. Uh, I will say my, uh, my parents and their group of friends who support the uh, university of Florida Gators for football season. Um, one of them has a lucky Gator mug. Mm-hmm. Um, and nice. to the point where it's now in text threads, uh, just uh, abbreviated LGM, which says no. little green men to me, but I have to <laughs> readjust my thinking. Um, and so I, the, the mug has to be out and I believe the gator has to be facing the TV. No, during the, okay. But the, yeah, the gotta funny, be able to see what's happening. The funny thing is, I think the actual mug that is the lucky gator mug has changed a few times. I don't know if <laughs> the old one broke or got misplaced, but there is a lucky gator mug, but it has not always been the same lucky gator mm-hmm. mug. That's fair. Lucky gator mug of Perseus. Theseus. Theseus. I always get that wrong. Uh, Well, on that note, we will actually wrap it up (laughs) Me being wrong? Oh, thank you. That's fair. So I do want to tell folks where they can reach us. We are always at foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at foulpuckpodcast. We are still on Twitter at foulpuckpod. And our website. Yeah, is... I've been I've been retweeting all the best of the World Cup. Good. So like, yeah, you've that's been pretty good. Good. I I am off Twitter, but that's for um, that's a conversation for another day. It's valid. Um, well, technically, Twitter's I... off Twitter, but yeah, yeah I'm not calling it anything else. <laughs> and our, our <laughs> website, if I can finish my moment, is fellpugpodcast.net. <laughs> Rachel, do you, you want to thank? <laughs> I would like to thank Joe for making us sound better than we do. And Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for our music. Putting up with our nonsense, Uh Joe, we thank you. Uh Uh, And I would like to encourage you all to rate and review. And if you are still on, how are we pronouncing it? Shitter? Seems appropriate. Yep. Uh, To go and, you know, say hi and uh, retweet our little episode tweets. I make these terrific graphics. And if you haven't seen... The last episode's graphic. Oh, the grilling mascots? Yep. Yep, that was a good one. Thank you. I appreciate that. Anyway, rate us and review us on the uh, podcast listening device of your choice. If you are on social media, go say hi. Uh, We don't bite unless we're eating grilled mascots. (laughs) And we will catch you next time on Foul Puck. Go catch some balls. Hit some balls. Kick some balls. Kick Kick some balls. balls. Shh, I'm podcasting.